One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Spots, you know, they cause such despair. I think it's like, you know, the, the, the phrase lousy comes mm-hmm. from if you've got, if you've got nits, mm-hmm. it makes you feel lousy. You know, yeah. It makes you feel bad because yeah. you've got nits, you know. I think having spots is the same. I think something happens hormonally when you've got a bad breakout that makes you feel depressed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's taken seriously enough at all. Hello and welcome back. Today's guest is the writer Esther Corrin. Esther wrote for lots of different newspapers before starting her successful blog, Recipe Rifle, in which she documented being new to motherhood and learning to cook. She now has a brilliant website called The Spike, in which she talks about everything from fashion to bringing up children to finding the best cleaning products. It's really a smorgasbord of good advice and wise words. So... In this episode, we talk about that journey. We talk about what Esther did and how she got to where she is now in her career. And we also talk about the products that have been important to her and the facets of her appearance that have really affected the way she's felt. Here's Esther Corrin. So let's talk about you as a very young girl. Oh God, do we have to? I basically looked like that kid off the front of Mad. The kid, the gym, you won't know that. So there was an American magazine called Mad. Mm. Uh, and on the front was a kind of um, pudgy-faced, freckly, uh, red-headed child. Okay. Of about sort of six or seven, kind of indeterminate. A bit like, it's like the American um, Dennis the Menace. Right. And he was the mad kid. And that's what I looked like. I was quite, I had, I was quite, I had round face, lots and lots of very pronounced freckles and very, very red hair. And I was quite, uh, I wasn't, um, I wasn't chubby, but mm. I wasn't like, I wasn't one of like the pretty girls at primary school. And did that, all. were you aware of that? Yeah, really aware of it. Mm. Definitely. And also my sisters, none of my sisters have, have got red hair either. So I How was, many sisters? I've got three sisters mm-hmm. uh, and none of them got red hair. One of them is blonde, one of them is a brunette and they were very tall with amazing legs and, you know, got these amazing tans. I just sort of stood out. What did your mum look like? My mother, my mother's also got red hair, but she's totally different. She's got green eyes. She's very slender. She's very kind of ethereal, wafty. She's an artist. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, it was, we weren't, like, we weren't on the same planet. Right, okay. And my dad is a bit more like me. He's quite kind of, you know, he's got dark eyes and he just kind of, thinks about stuff but he Mm -hmm. wasn't really around when I was little he worked incredibly hard Mm -hmm. he worked as a management consultant for um oil companies and telecoms companies so he was always traveling he was always in like Saudi Arabia okay uh he brought us back some amazing presents but (laughs) but but he wasn't there very much so you're in this household full of women that you perceive to all be better looking than you without question okay so then you're in school and well you know being I have friends who are ginger at school and it wasn't overly lovely as an experience did you have any of that or was Um, that a problem do you know what it wasn't really that bad in my girls school it was I didn't really encounter any major prejudice until I got to university I went to Bristol and when I got there uh there was being ginger was such a huge thing I mean there was a guy called Charles Wolfert who was actually a perfectly nice guy I mean we were friends but he he went on and on and on and on about the fact that I was ginger and I had red hair 
And I think Chris Moyles was really, really popular at that time on Radio 1. And he mm. had a big thing about gingers as well. Really nasty about gingers. Really nasty about people with red hair. And, and, and Wally, Charles Walford, Wally, he used to go on and on and on about it. And it, Like, if, I, if we were having a conversation about anything, he would just go, yeah, but you're ginger. And then just walk oh, away. So and that was, the, that was the first. I mean, I always felt, you know, I've got red hair. It's, and it also, if you've got red hair... You other things go with it, you know. Like whenever you get hot, you just sort of swell up, basically, and your cheeks go really red really easily. And it's just not very, you know. You can be a different kind of redhead. You can be a kind of like pale, cool, pale kind of really skinny redhead, yeah. and then you can be a bit more of the kind of spuggy end of like redheadedness, which is okay. definitely what I was. So I've always, you know, I always very much felt like I was not Grace Kelly. You know, okay. and there was like no, and the person I really wanted to be was Denise Van Outen, right? So she was my absolute beauty and style icon uh, when I was sort of seventeen. Cause she was on Big Breakfast every morning. I used to watch Big Breakfast when I went to school, and I just thought she was the the most beautiful person I'd ever seen in my life. And she used to wear these little cardigans, and she used to wear little kind of tiaras, and she had blonde hair mm-hmm. and this beautiful, perfect skin. And she was just, she was just so perfect. And so, did you have? You just said I wasn't a skinny redhead um no d- what was your weight like at the time because i was much i was skinnier i i was skinny as a child mm. i was pretty pudgy mm-hmm. i was skinnier uh when i was sort of 15 or 16 then okay. then i was sort of super skinny and stressed at school and, and were you concerned were you always someone who was attractive to men or did you feel that you had to be a certain version of yourself to be attractive to um, men? That's a good question i've always tried to I've, when i was younger i always used to try and make myself uh look so completely different from mm-hmm. how I actually looked although it's you can't really if mm. you if you're when you've got red hair and loads of freckles and quite big boobs there's not that much that you can do um to make yourself look different but I was constantly sort of trying to straighten sort of sort my hair out because my mm. hair's sort of wavy yeah but I wanted it straight I wanted to look like Denise Van Outen yeah. you know I must have looked an absolute <clears throat> fright actually yeah. um but did I find myself I didn't I didn't, I didn't, I never gave boys a chance to sort of uh, approach me organically. Do you know what I mean? I was always, I was so like uh, aggressive with boys Mm -hmm. and I was so like, you know, come here you kind of thing. I don't, and I made totally wrong choices, really shallow, just went for any boy I thought was handsome, Mm -hmm. with no regard for whether they were funny or a nice person or Mm -hmm. anything. Right. So my, my... And and I think that I I sort of assumed that I wasn't very pretty or that I wasn't um, I wasn't pretty in the right sort of way. So I made a lot about being sort of sexy mm-hmm. because I had a nice figure and I had big boobs and I had big eyes and you know lots of hair. Um, and I think I didn't. I sort of didn't. I I didn't give myself. I didn't want to sort of be sitting around waiting to be picked in case. Just yeah, wasn't. it's funny how sexy is so much more formulaic or like a traditional version of sexy is so much more formulaic than beauty which is really individual and yeah a different thing whereas you know you said what's sexy well lots of hair yeah. traditionally you know like I, I think sexy to me I think although, um, I don't yeah. say, remember this is the 90s this right. is basically like a hundred thousand years ago because it's pre-internet yeah pre-mobile phones and yeah. everything so the idea of you know people's idea of 
sexy or not sexy or beautiful or not. I mean, the, the beautiful was quite a was quite standard then. Mm. You know, it was. What was beautiful then? It was. It, it was. It was definitely. It was Denise Van Atten. Pamela Anderson was still incredibly right, popular. Yeah. Caprice. You oh, know. Right. Yeah. So we're talking. No clothes. Yeah, Kelly yeah. Brook. Yeah. No clothes on. Yeah. Lots and lots of blonde hair. Fake boobs were a big thing, mm-hmm. and that was that was it. And you either and now. It's amazing because so many different... You can look so many different ways and it's all great and it's all celebrated and it's all brilliant. And the the whole, you know, a whole world of, like, freckle fanciers has been kind of opened up by the internet. Yeah, freckles are massive now. (laughs) I know, exactly. People love them. And you have... um, Yeah, there are loads of, like, quite big models with, you know, very pronounced freckles. Um, Tell me about your personality then at this point. So you said that you were sort of effectively using your personality to get past your conceived shortcomings that yeah. your preconceived shortcomings um were you someone who thought very early on I'm going to write I'm going to be bookish I'm going to do this with my life or were you someone who just had quite a big personality and then you sort of wanted <laughs> to find the right career uh, for it? well there was never I mean at home I had three sisters so it was quite loud and my dad was um before I was born, my dad was an academic, and then I was born, and he thought I better get a job. Right. So my dad is very, very academic, and you know, um, bright, but works incredibly hard. And my mother values um, jokes and telling stories above everything else. Mm-hmm. So this is not my mother's fault, but as it happens, we were never encouraged to be nice, niceness, being kind. I think they both kind of thought maybe that was a given or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But actually, every day, it was just war. It was just, like, verbal war mm-hmm. uh, at dinner time with each other. We didn't really sort of physically hit each other. It was just... We just went for each other with words all the time. Mm-hmm. And whoever was the meanest and the funniest, then my mother would laugh. And getting my mum to laugh was the thing, or getting my dad okay. to laugh was the thing. So I grew up with intensely combative atmosphere at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never, I never, I, I didn't realise until really quite late in life that actually niceness is a currency. Mm-hmm. And I got to university, and, and at Westminster where I was at school, you know, being verbally very dexterous was was fine as well. And you could be mean and people would like you anyway, and it was that, that was all fine. I got to university and I realised there were all these pathetic girls who were just really nice. But she's lovely, she's so nice, she's so... She's so lo- and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I've got to change. I mean, I, 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 I felt like a scientist who realised that their entire life's work was poisoning people. Right. Do you know what I mean? I, like, I felt like I... No, I'm not going to name it. But I felt like I'd invented a drug to cure people that was turning them blind or right. something. I was like, this is my life's work, is to just be, you know, funny and mean and like, on it and smart. And actually, nobody cares. People just want you to be nice. Right. Dude, just want you to be nice. And I thought, oh my God, my God, I've been doing this wrong my whole Because being nice is so much easier than being funny <laughs> or clever or anything. Yeah. So um, university was a big, like, it was a big black hole in terms of, like, my personality. Right. You know. But Did actually, you make friends there? Um, I made friends with people who worked on the newspaper. Okay. Yeah, I worked for my student newspaper and mm-hmm. I made friends with them. Because so you were writing then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this yeah, was yeah. something that you always did? It oh, always, always. Friends. Oh, okay. in terms of the writing, writing was from, I've got my little diaries from right. when I was like eight years old. Fine, okay, so that was always just a thing for you. forever okay. and ever and Fine. ever. 
Um, there was an old electric typewriter. Again, no computers in my house, mm. no laptops, nothing. Mm. It was longhand or an old electric typewriter. But were you ambitious or was it something you were just doing for no, fun? No, I was super ambitious. Okay. Oh my God, I just want, I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to work for a newspaper. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what that meant. Right. But I wanted to work for... I didn't want to write books. I wanted right. to, I wanted was to work there anyone you looked up to? Um, God, that's a good question. It's a long time ago now. Probably my husband. <laughs> so much older than me. No, um... Who did I look up to? I mean, I was thinking more Lois Lane than, oh, see, <laughs> than real people. Than real but, people. Oh, no, see, but was see, there see, anyone see. who sparked that idea in your head? Oh, well, Pre- Press Gazette, of course. I always forget about Press Gazette. <laughs> press Gazette. No, Press Gang, not Press Gazette. Press Gazette is the, is the possibly now even defunct. Um, yeah. Uh, press Gang was my favourite show. Okay. Julia Sawala as Linda... Uh, Dexter Fletcher a Spike I actually met Dexter Fletcher the other day and it was incredibly exciting I don't often I don't I don't think I've ever kind of dried up in front of a famous person before but did, I totally dried up in front did of he person. seem a bit surprised that you were so excited no my husband had prepared him right. for the fact that yeah. I was a big Spike fan yeah uh, he, yeah. I, I watched all of Press Gang again on, I bought them all on DVDs when I was pregnant because I was feeling a bit mad mm. and um, watched them all again and they hold up they're so good yeah, yeah, yes yeah. I wanted to be Juliet Sawala in Press Gang fine stamping around going you're fired where's yeah, your yeah, copy yeah, yeah. Um, you know yeah Okay, so you're at uni, yeah. you're learning to be kind. Oh, <laughs> and you're... I'm really doing my best, I'm doing okay. my best. Yeah, and then what happens next in your life? Um, at university, university was a, was a nightmare. I didn't understand what was going on, I, did degree, I didn't especially want to go. What did you do? What did you I did English, okay. yeah. And I didn't especially want to go to university. I was on the verge of saying to my school and saying to my parents, look, I really, really don't want to go. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm not interested in this, I'm not interested in learning anything else I just want to go and be a journalist yeah. please just just can I just live at home and go and work for the ham and high yeah but I didn't I where were you growing up I just found the corner in Hampstead Garden suburb so oh okay fine so, okay. so yeah London yeah. Um, but I didn't because it was unthinkable mm-hmm. uh, even Westminster was quite a liberal school it really was unthinkable that you actually wouldn't go to university right. I think now people would be more open to it yeah. if you had a plan for sure yeah um so I went to university from the word go. I was just like, this is this is a, this is a nightmare. I didn't understand what was going on in my course. I wasn't intellectually engaged at all. I didn't understand. I didn't understand what were you talking about. You know, the the essay titles. I was like, this is not like school. School was really easy. They just yeah. said, do this, do that, read it, and you'll get an A. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. University, it was like, you know, what is what is the self? What is the now? And you're mm. like, oh my god, give me a break. Yeah, yeah. So I sort of sought refuge in the student paper. And from the student, from there, I applied to uh, City University postgraduate diploma in um, uh, periodical journalism, mm-hmm. and I very nearly didn't get in because I got a two-two, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I got a two-two in my degree, and my um, tutor George Donaldson uh, didn't write me a very nice reference for City University. Um, but I had done huge amounts of work for the student paper, so I right. was incredibly keen. So in my interview, she said, your tutor has not written you a very good reference. And I said, that's because I hate university, but mm-hmm. I love it here. I don't want to be a journalist, and I wish I hadn't gone to university. Mm-hmm. This is where I belong. And she went, all right. What were you writing about? Uh, my, at student paper? Yeah. Um, uh, ridiculous student stuff. Like, I used to write a column called The Bristolian, which was like an anonymous Bristol student going to all the kind of night, like, nights. Right, so like reviews whatever. almost. Um, yeah, sort of, yeah, sort of, pretty much anything, it was a pretty, uh, slack affair, I mean, we sort of rolled around having fun, I mean, we didn't really, we we won, I think we are the only student paper to have never won a single award 
for anything ever. Wow. I mean, we just <laughs> we just totally took the piss, but it was brilliant. Was there anything that the first product you discovered when you were younger or, you know, because it sounds like effectively you found your look quite early. Is that uh, of, well, Yes, just like a lot of, yeah, lots a lot of, of eyeliner. And lots of, eyeliner. I mean, lots yeah. of hair and eyeliner. I've, I've never really got on with lipstick. I don't really understand lipstick. I can't really keep it on. I talk too much, it falls off. Yeah. I, I'm always eating, you know, drinking coffee or something. So I've never, I've never understood how one would put on lipstick and then keep it on. So okay. lipstick was a no. Mm-hmm. Um, I had quite not bad skin the skin in between my massive craterous outbreaks was actually very nice skin right but it was the massive craterous outbreaks that's very common though of people who have breakouts because yeah because your skin is effectively more oily so it's it's lovely and lubricated and soft but then you get these yeah (laughs) giant huge volcanoes i had they could be seen from outer space when I was a teenager. Uh, and, I, and my mother, who is an artist, very bohemian, a beautiful skin. Mm. Um, Did she wear makeup? Never. Uh. Never wore makeup. So we were, and didn't know anything about it. And your sisters? Um, yes. Oh, well, my, my elder sister, Harriet, she's very, very stern, blue stocking. Uh, she's a degree in physics. And also, perfect teeth, beautiful skin, beautiful blonde hair, right. blue eyes why would she wear makeup yeah. why she's not a trollop you know yeah. so it was left up to my other sister who also had perfect skin mm-hmm. and was very tall and beautiful and she great big eyes mm-hmm. and just gorgeous but she was more interested in kind of boys and going there were out. four of you or three of you there were four of us okay. together okay and then the littlest one didn't come along until a bit later, a bit later. fine so my so my elder sister's uh hannah who's the one just above me she sort of wore makeup and i really had to had to look to her for mm-hmm. kind of guidance did you steal her stuff I did not steal her stuff because she would have killed me, I think, if okay. I'd stolen her stuff. Um, but I think we always used to go... She went to Boots to buy me and I went mm. to Boots. Anyway, we used to poke around in Boots. We didn't really know what we were buying. Mm. And then I started to get these terrible spots. Mm. And I discovered uh, uh, Conceal the Blemish mm-hmm. Concealer by Rimmel, two ninety nine, uh, And my colour was ivory. And it did the miraculous thing of covering up my spots. Yeah. Which was really like no no small thing. Yeah. You know, and you just think, what am I going to do? And spots, you know, they cause such despair. And it's not, I really think, I, I think it's like, you know, the, the, the phrase lousy comes mm-hmm. from if you've got, if you've got nits, mm-hmm. it makes you feel lousy. You know, yeah. It makes you feel bad because yeah. you've got nits, you know. I think having spots is the same. Yeah. I think spots, I think something happens hormonally when you've got a bad breakout that makes you feel depressed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's taken seriously enough at all. Mm-hmm. And you go to the doctor and they go, oh, I can't see anything mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Being, but being able to not see them, be able to just at least pretend the illusion that your skin isn't bad was a huge, great big deal yeah. to me. So yeah, Rimmel Concealer, I have a lot of stubs of Rimmel Concealer. I've got, I've got some now. Were you putting it on with your fingers? Yeah, always with my fingers. Just dabbing yeah. it on. Dabbing it on carefully. A tissue concealer, tissue concealer. I hadn't quite discovered powder yet. Yeah. But, that but was you were good friend. at you were good at it. You weren't someone who would see the line. I was no. no, sorry. I was a master of disguise. Right. Absolute master of disguise. People mm-hmm. were like, "What? I mean, what spots?" I'm like, yeah. uh, "This one that's changed the shape of my chin." Yes. Right here. Yeah. 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 Horrendous. It's thing. when the when your face changes slightly that I find mm. that I've always felt the worst about spots because you feel like you yeah. can feel it when you talk. You can feel it when you move. It's, it's like t- everything's changed. It's just it, it, it's. 
people can say hey, there's no problem it i'm sure people in the third world have spots too and i'm sure they hate them as well it's really nasty it's really hideous yeah. i need to talk to you while we're there about yeah. hair and eyeliner because yes. i've written that down as being your signature look it is was that yeah. already the thing when you were 18 or did it take you a bit longer to come to that uh no i think the thing when i was 18 was the thing that i think people yeah no eyes very much eyes i was always into my eyes because and- I've got um, quite pale eyelashes, not really pale, but quite pale eyelashes, mm-hmm. which I wanted to, you know, um, conceal because mm. I didn't want to look like Boris Becker, basically. So I, so it was always lots and lots of eyeliner, um, Clinique eyeshadow in a kind of dark purple. It was kind of called aubergine or something like that. Yeah. I loved that. I think I know exactly which one because my sister used to buy it. It's got upstairs. I've got it upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Got a it's about 25 Is it in a plastic sort of um, it's in a plastic, It's in a plastic tray yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. kind of a little strip and it had a mirror on the inside. Yes, yeah, yeah. I know exactly so I would just yeah. sort of ring my eyes several times with mm-hmm. that and lots and lots of um, mascara on. And then my hair, my hair the solution to my hair was so simple but I didn't actually come across it for a long time I had a layered bob Mm -hmm. a la Jennifer Aniston okay but I didn't know how to look after it so it just kind of went all over the place yeah and then um, it wasn't actually until quite recently that I grew my hair down to the floor and like it's interesting you say that because I think you put a picture of yourself up uh, a while ago where you had shorter hair and I thought it's odd that this hair looks like it it looks comfortable and I feel like a lot of finding the right haircut for you is mm. finding the haircut that is comfortable for your hair texture and your way of wearing your yeah, hair, yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And when you go into a hairdresser and they wet your hair and then they cut it into a mad shape, yeah. you're then like, <laughs> yeah, but this isn't me. No. Like, you can make it look like this person, but it has to be like me. And I feel like maybe it takes time to find that. I Definitely. Don't know, I've you know. always, I've just always naturally assumed that I have to fight against yes. everything that I naturally am. Yeah. And actually, you have to be quite old to realise that. Um, how do I express this? To to realise that you that you you have to you have to work with what you've got rather yeah, than yeah. just trying to hold back the tide all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people will be rolling their eyes, going, "No, but you don't understand. I've got a massive nose, or I've got a thing, or I've got all my hair is something." Mm-hmm. And I I had a friend at university who had very curly hair. And she um, she was always trying to straighten it. Or people were always like, try to yeah. straighten it. And it looked ghastly. I was like, no, don't try and straighten it. Yeah. Let's, I don't know what, but let's find some curly hair product and make it more yeah. curly. It's kind of in line with the idea that effectively everyone's beautiful. You just have to find mm. a way to enhance the thing that makes them exactly. beautiful. And like yeah. choose the thing that you enhance, almost. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. And it didn't. I didn't understand that my hair wasn't the problem. Right. It was what I was doing to it which that was the problem. Yeah. Left to its own devices, my hair's absolutely fine. Yeah. You know, just left to dry on its own. So what were you doing at the time then? Um, so I went through several phases of hair care. Mm. Uh, after um, Hideous Choppy Bob that yeah. I got at Tony and Guy, <laughs> <laughs> um, I found the most wonderful hairdresser called Nadia. She works at John Frieda. Yes. And she started giving me this, I said I want to grow my hair and she said great let's grow your hair and she gave it a kind of cut and, mm-hmm. and I sort of grew it and then I had kids and chopped it all off which was a mistake and then I grew it again and then I was I looked at a magazine or I looked at a picture of my mum in the 70s or something I can't remember what it was mm. and there was just a girl there with like maybe a woodstock or something she had her hair parted in the middle mm-hmm. and kind of going down there down to about there and I was like, that's what I want to look like. That is what I want to look like. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember how I discovered... Do you still have this picture? 
No, I don't okay. know where it is. Yeah. It may have been on my mother because that's what her hair was like. Mm. There's, there's a picture of her holding a guitar with her hair. I'll try and find it. I don't know mm. where it is. And um, and it, it sort of seventies things were slightly creeping back, and I just thought that that yeah that's it that's it that's what I should look like. Mm. And so I got Nadia to, to, to do me a cut with my hair parted dead in the middle, and I grew it as long as I possibly could, and stopped using uh, hair irons. Stopped right. using GHD. Okay, you were using stopped, GHDs. I was, yeah, yeah, I was using G- GHDs, mm-hmm. which for the first time in my life gave me some control over yeah, my yeah. hair. Uh, and I can't remember how I came across it, but I came across a kind of air drying mousse. Mm. And I stopped blow drying my whole hair, which just made it really fluffy and frizzy and horrible. Uh, because I could never be bothered to do that thing. With oh, the, yeah. The ro- I mean, who has I, got I the... have absolutely no idea. No. I can't do it either. There's no, nowhere. So boring. Yeah. I'm never going to do that. Yeah. Um, so I, was, I didn't want to do that anymore. So I just dried the front bit, the fringe, to make it kind of behave. Yeah. And then. I left the rest with some product in to dry naturally. Yeah, yeah. And I was suddenly like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is who, what I would be in the wild. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In prehistoric times, me as a Neanderthal, this is what my hair would have been yeah. like. And this yeah. is what and it's it supposed worked. to be like. Yeah. And I just felt like, do you know what I felt? I felt like I will make sure that this is what I do with my daughter. Yeah. When she's flambing around going, no, I want blue hair, I want pink hair. And I'm getting no, let's just, Take what you've got and do that, but just more so. Yeah. Yeah. I would have saved myself years of heartache. I do think experimenting is quite a good thing, though. To A, have seen yourself looking hideous, and to know that now you have reached a point at which you're comfortable. My my, my Nirvana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is quite good. And looking back at... But it is sad when, for example, I now have a lot of grey hairs. I've had every colour under the sun, and people would say to me, enjoy your sort of chestnut hair because it will go grey at some point. And I was like, no, I want peroxide hair. I want red hair. And now I'm like, I should have just enjoyed that and now have yeah. my bonkers hair face. Because <laughs> like, now I have to dye it to my natural colour, which is so annoying. So, but, what's it, so is that, what have you got now? This is my colour, pretty yeah. much, with some balayage in. Right. But I've got greys, which I have today I'm covered with a colour wow thing. But they drive me mad. Do you, do you colour your hair now? No. Not at all? I don't do anything to it. No, I, got, okay. I had balayage in my hair uh, years ago, years okay. and years ago. And I said to Nadia... My ends, my ends are still really, really blonde. Yeah. And she said, well, how much time do you spend in the sun? And I went, well, a lot. Yeah. And also, I'm just a bit older. My hair's just getting lighter anyway. And I've got greys in it. But if you're red, yeah. if, you've, if you've got red hair, you can if you're lucky, yeah. you can, they just kind of blend in. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me about your sun habit, because you did just mention that you like sunshine. Sun. Oh, my God. I love, I love a bit of sunshine. I'm a bit, it's... Mm, it's but with freckles, the sun is not your friend. It's my friends. No, it's there are not. other people, other freckles. I'm not like other people. Yeah. Freckles. I do. No, I do. I do like the sun. I've got a vitamin D problem, which is that um, most redheads or pale people should be able to synthesize vitamin D very effectively, even in even when it's cloudy. Right. Um, because we have to. Because we're meant to hail from Scandinavia. We're meant like, to yeah. come from Denmark, yeah. Scandinavia, and okay. around there where there is no sun. Right. So you have to. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I am a freak in all manner of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a weird blood type. I can't synthesize vitamin D properly. So I love sunbathing. Okay. Not hours and hours and hours and hours, but I do like sitting in the sun a lot. I wear sunscreen, but I don't go nuts. I'm not a big Factor 50 person so i do i do i do i do like going in the sun do you wear spf every day on your face i i I 
Madeline, I am, <laughs> I am, I am, I have seen the light and I'm trying my best and I have a very nice, um, I don't know how you pronounce it, Merlin and Goetz yeah. uh, thing that it's in my downstairs bathroom and I just put a little on there, but it is a habit, it is a, I am 38 years old and new habits are quite hard to form and I'm, I'm trying my hardest. Okay, excellent. I'll tick off that then. <laughs> so um, no, okay, so <laughs> no, you do need to wear it every day. I know. So okay, so you you leave, um, you go and do your course, mm. your journalism course, mm-hmm. and you enjoy that. Yes, it was amazing. Okay, it was amazing. It was just. Boring. And what happens next then? Uh, part of the course was a lot of work experience. Okay, you had you were supposed to do work experience uh, in every holiday, mm-hmm. and they didn't let you get away with not. Uh, and you had to find somewhere to go, and you had to do it, and you had to, you know. And before you went on your work experience, they gave you a big pep talk about how you were going to get a piece in that magazine that you were right. working for, and you were going to be paid for it. There was no thing of, you know, just doing it for free or being taken advantage of. Right. They were really hot. That sounds on, great. Like, yeah, they were really hot yeah. on, like, you are a journalist, you have done a piece of work, you will be paid for it. Right. I did lots of work experience. Uh, my first paid job was at a News Digest magazine called The Week. Okay. Because they needed somebody, and I was there, and I quite liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was mainly photocopying, and I stayed there for about 18 months. At the same time, I was also working two days a week at The Times magazine. Okay, and so where was, were you living? I lived at uh, I lived at home. Okay. Yeah, I lived at home. Handy. This whole time, very handy. Yeah. And when I got into The Times, that changed everything, because they gave me a Times email address. Okay. And once I had my Times email address, I could... I could email everybody in the whole of the Times saying, hi there, I'm doing some freelancing on the magazine. I was wondering if you needed some help in obituaries or in, you know, public agenda and career or any of these kind of tiny departments where I thought they might need a hand. So, yeah, so that was great. Mm. And I did that for a bit. And then I worked on the Times Diary for Andrew Pearce for a bit. Mm. And then I started doing a bit of work for the Evening Standard. And there, uh, one of their uh, uh, journalists left. Mm -hmm. And so I then worked on the Evening Standard Diary for about two years. Were you quite confident throughout this time? It sounds like, I mean, when you reel it off like that, it sounds very almost formulaic. (laughs) Like I I did this and I did that. But, I mean, from my experience and certainly from other people I've spoken to, there's a degree of nerves... Um, imposter syndrome, yeah. feeling like, will I ever work? Did, did you have any of that? Or was I, it quite I've easy never had imposter syndrome. Okay. Because I've always, always, always wanted to do this. Okay. It's been my entire life mm-hmm. to be a writer and to make money from writing. Right. So I, at no point, my problem, my two main problems mm. are hubris and uh, too high self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And genuinely that is a problem. I think I am much much better and cleverer and funnier and prettier than I actually am. Oh, that's such a great way to be. It's so not a great way to be. Why? Because you come up against the reality all the time. But then doesn't the reality tarnish your view of yourself? Uh... I just, I just say it must be a mistake, or that, that can't be a photo of me, or... Oh that, my god, that's know. amazing. <laughs> but no, broadly, yeah. broadly, I sail through life thinking that everything I do is amazing, Fine. Everything, everything's brilliant. Great. Um, which is, um, which, but, but, but there is a, there is, there is a, a thing where I think, but I'm not, because there's just piles of junk in my house, and I'm not as successful as I would, should, would like to be, or... This I, might sound it. slightly sexist, but do you think that's quite a masculine... I mean, yeah. thinking about it, I think that women will often say, yeah, I have this feeling of da-da-da-da. Whereas actually, you've just said, I've heard lots of men say plenty mm. of times. 
Yes, I, I, am, I, I, am, I am quite butch <laughs> in lots of ways. I don't have a thing about my body. People yeah. say, oh, I don't like my hands or I don't like my... I, no, I, I genuinely think that I've been I've been dealt a perfectly all right hand. But, okay, but you do... But uh, sometimes I will look at my pictures of myself and think, oh my God, who is that person? Right, yeah, yeah. It's not me. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't tally up with what I see. does not yeah. tally up with the picture in my head. But about weight, so you, mm. you often talk about want, you know skinny being something that you like. Yeah. Um, and... A, is that something that you've had to work hard to achieve? And B, has there been a backlash to that? I mean, it's not overly mm. popular as a view at the moment. Mm. No, it's, well, when you, when you say popular, I mean, I, nothing. I, 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 I'm sent emails and ask questions about diets all the time. Mm-hmm. How do I lose weight? How do I stay slim? It's not thin. People aren't saying, I want to be an anorexic. You know, mm-hmm. nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not that. It's people going, I just can't seem to shift this half a stone yeah. that I would like to, to lose. They're yeah. not being unrealistic. No. They're only sort of 10 stone and they want to be nine and a half stone. Oh, yeah. Fine. That's probably the way you probably should be yeah. with their height and situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, um, but I was always, I, I have had periods where I have been overweight mm-hmm. and I absolutely don't mind what other weight people are. It is not a moral issue at all. I do not like being overweight. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like I look the way that I would like to look in my clothes. Mm-hmm. My fighting weight has always been about eight and a half stone. Mm-hmm. And then I had children and just, I I, I was... How tall are you? Five foot six. Okay, fine. So that, that so, is quite, I mean, that's really slim. Eight and a half stone, five foot six, that's fine. Yeah, but, but slim. Yeah. It's on the slimmer end of Yeah, absolutely. That. But that's yeah. what I always was. Yeah. I was always eight and a half stone. And yeah. then I had children and I just put on about three stone. And it was so unpleasant. I mean, I really hated it. Mm. Uh, and then I, so I had Kitty put on three stone, then got back down and then had Sam and put on three stone and then just couldn't get rid of it. Okay. How did um, you get rid of it? Well, I got rid of it by uh, not really eating anything. But that's quite hard when you've got small children. When you've yes. got small children, you're tired all the time. Yeah. And we were talking before about um, you end up eating everything and everyone gives you. Yeah, yeah. It's too much to ask of the mother of small children. who, When you're doing a lot of the childcare, if you mm-hmm. sort of go back to work and you've got a bit of, you know, got some defined structure to your day, mm. you can kind of, you can focus on what you're eating and you're busy, you know. When you're looking after small children, God almighty, I mean, it's the custard creams that keep you going, you know. It's just like one, two, more coffee, 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 more, 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 more. And there's, you know, and then your husband, in, in the evening, you want to talk to your husband, so you have this kind of big dinner of stuff and hooray, and it's food, yeah. and it's, it's yeah. a kind of really joyful, joyful thing. You're like, children are joyful, mm. But there's also a lot of stress and a lot mm. of ugliness with yeah. kind of small children and babies. You know, there's a lot of shit and puke and mm. bad smells and crying and falling over. And it's really, it's really, really, really hard work. So mm. to also not just eat whatever you want is too cruel. Right. So my children grew up a bit. And then the honest answer is I got a horrendous chest infection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it went on for three months and I had two really long courses of antibiotics that made me feel really sick. Mm-hmm. So I had two periods of feeling just sick for mm-hmm. 10 days mm-hmm. and I lost a stone. I, I lost half a stone and then I went, oh my God, I've lost half a stone. I'm going to eat nothing for a week and lose the other half a stone. So right. I literally miso soup and crackers, for, which I like, by the way, miso soup and crackers. Right. And lost the other half a stone and then didn't put it back on. Okay, but when you do that, so I've lost weight through being ill with tonsillitis and yeah. stuff. But sometimes when I come out of it, I feel weak. I don't feel like I've lost fat necessarily. Right. So did you feel like your body had gone back to what you wanted it to yes. be? Yes. Okay, yeah. so it, it wasn't I, thought, I really of... felt like 
I was finally back to yeah. what I was supposed to be. Okay. And the fact that in a year I haven't put it back on yeah. has made me think... And I'm eating normally. I, yeah, mean, I, don't, yeah. I don't eat nearly as much meat as I used to. Mm. But, you know, I don't really miss it or want to. Yeah. It's fine. I don't eat as much meat as I used to. I don't eat as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. But I'm not looking after tiny children. So. And you're quite busy. I mean, you, you said to me earlier that you get up, what, at 7.30 to lion. Yeah. Massive lion. Yeah, 7.30 is like... And you go to bed early. So you're, you're active throughout the day. But do you yeah. exercise? Not really. I did. I went through a long period before when I really, really, really... I felt like I was a stone overweight and I couldn't shift it. And mm. I wasn't eating a huge amount. I did a lot of spin, a lot of swimming. a lot. Now I do... I, do, I walk everywhere. Um... And I go swimming a bit, but no, I don't, I don't go swimming But you're anymore. active. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I, don't, I don't sit down at a desk much. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're doing obituaries. Oh. <laughs> Just jumping around here, but you're doing obituaries. You're keeping amazing track know, of my life going back and forth. Fantastic. And what happens next? What did happen next? Oh yes, I went to oh, yes, I went to work at the Evening Standard. I got a job on the desk at the Evening Standard Diary, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. did that for two years. And then I met my husband, which compromised. Where did you meet? That. I had met my husband before because he's a friend of my brother-in-law's. Oh, but okay. we didn't actually meet properly until 2007 at a book party. Which brother-in-law is this? Your my, my, physicist? He's is called, no, no, no. He, my brother-in-law is called Alexander Armstrong. He's a game show host and he's married to my sister. Which sister? Uh, Hannah. Okay. The second one down. Okay. So he presents a show called Pointless. Right. On... I'm obsessed with family trees. I like oh. the mitzvahs. So I know... <laughs> <laughs> so I like to see the spider webs in my head. Okay, fine. Go on. So, oh, um, so you met your husband before so and then you met, met him again. I met him at my sister's engagement party mm. and then he got engaged to someone else and I went out with someone else and oh. then he split up with his fiance, and then we got together at a book party. Very, very hot July night okay. book party. It was very, you know, sultry and romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yes. Sounds then, like something from a film. It was, it was totally something like something from a film. Yeah. And then uh, we got together and then, but then his father died quite shortly afterwards. So that, mm-hmm. was, that was just, it was just, I mean, we like a very new, and it was just, it just, so we didn't really, nothing really happened for until the following sort of January. We didn't oh, okay. really kind of properly get together Fine. Until, okay. until the following year. How, how long ago-ish was that? How old that was, I was 27, so that was 11 okay. years ago. So you're working at the Standard, you've yeah. got this new sparkly boyfriend yes, that you exactly. fancy. Yeah. And, um, and then, are you, what are you writing at the Standard? I was writing gossip, so I was on the okay. diary, yeah. Okay. So that was already getting a little bit 
boring, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit old. I was getting, I felt like I was getting a little bit old to be doing gossip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then I was offered a job out of the blue. I was offered a job at the Independent. Okay. And I thought, well, I better leave the stand anyway because Giles had got lots of famous friends, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, I can't really do this job. It was just too compromising, you know. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I couldn't really mesh the two. Okay. So I left and I went to work at the Independent, which was a features writing job, which was in theory everything I'd always wanted, mm-hmm. um, and I was really unhappy. I really, really didn't like it. Right. I, I didn't, at the independent, um, they just weren't very nice. Okay. No, it wasn't, no, do you know what, it's not that they weren't very nice, we just didn't get on. Okay. I was the wrong person for that job. And I ended up saying, this is not the way to run a newspaper, this is like a sixth form newspaper. Mm-hmm. And then I was called in by the editor, features editor, who said that if I didn't, stop behaving myself then they were going to fire me mm-hmm. and I said well I'm sorry I can't work here anymore I'm, I quit amazing and did you just walk out no I, I actually I, oh god I actually sort of cried a little bit okay. I was so I hated it so much yeah um, and I was so kind of relieved slash scared that it had come to this mm. that I I sort of said I just you know I just went I just I, I just can't do this job anymore like mm-hmm. that and I should have just got F you yeah, and your yeah. effing newspaper but I didn't yeah. I was so stressed and like upset that I sort of some tears came to my but also when you get to that point where you know you're going to cry it just happens to you it just happens to and you can't yeah. stop it and it's I used it's to be such thing. a crier like yeah. any stress or like yeah. upset or conflict used to make me cry not anymore but okay. it like used to really make me cry Yeah. so I left I went I came home and Giles was horrified so at this point so you're living together I was living point. here yeah I was living here in okay. my house we were living together and uh, Giles worked here at home mm-hmm. and he was just like he just sort of couldn't believe I quit my job okay he was just like I just don't understand why you didn't wait for them to fire you because then they have to pay you money oh. and I went oh yeah <laughs> I forgot about money yeah so I came yes I came back and that, that was then the kind of the beginning of something Okay. Something else. So then what happened next? I got incredibly depressed um, for about three months because just after I left, Lehman Brothers collapsed. Mm -hmm. So it was, there was no money. There was Mm -hmm. no advertising. There was no budget. There were no freelance jobs. There was nothing. There was no work. Mm -hmm. And I left the independent thinking, well, I'll just, you know, once word gets out that I'm available, the phone won't (laughs) stop ringing. I refer you to my aforementioned hubris and high self-esteem. Uh, and it didn't. Mm. Nobody rang, nobody called, nobody wanted anything. I would send, I would regularly send my friend, my, my contact on the Daily Mail. I would send her every week, I would send her three ideas, five ideas, da 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 She would go, great thanks, great thanks, great thanks. And they would all appear in the paper being written by other people. Oh, that is so annoying. So I just gave up. I just yeah. went, I just don't know I mean, what, you know. Because yeah. at the time, all my friends, all my little journalism friends were all still really junior. Yeah. So no one would, no, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a racket. All yeah. commissioning editors commission their friends. Yeah. So um, there was, I didn't have any mates who were kind of high ups. Yeah. And the Times wouldn't touch me because I was going out with Giles and they didn't want to be accused of like nepotism. They were like, mm, we don't want, you know, you're just yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I was like, I'm fucking cheers. Yeah. Um, so it was, so yeah, it was really desperate. Yeah. It was desperate. So what were you doing on a day-to-day basis then? I was teaching myself how to cook. Because okay. I thought, right. Um, I'm here now I'm in Giles' house we're not married mm. he could kick me out at any time so this is the thing because it's a quite uh, it's a difficult situation to be living in someone else's house without yeah. a job when you're going out with them and everything hangs on the relationship going yeah, well exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and yeah, yeah. He, Giles was incredibly nice and supportive yeah and we were getting on great I mean I expect that you wouldn't have married, married him otherwise but you know it's, no, still, exactly. it's still quite a 
difficult yes. situation Listen, to be in. I was nervous. Yeah. I was nervous. I was yeah. like, my God, I've got to make use of myself. I really do. Yeah. So I taught myself how to cook. Right. Um, because uh, I just, because Giles was really into it. He, right. was like, he was like, yeah, brilliant. Learn how to cook. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, that's Had you great. been a good cook? before that no I didn't know I literally not a clue okay I not a clue I mean my mother was a good cook mm. my mother is has no known faults mm-hmm. she's not one of life's no. teachers at yeah. all okay and so it was very much like off you go learn for yourselves yeah. uh, and actually you know it's quite hard right um, and I hadn't been interested in food because I didn't eat very much mm-hmm. um, and Giles was a good cook so mm-hmm. we either went out and also we had no children so we just went out all the time yeah. oh I'm hungry I will just go to the pub and they yeah. would give me the innkeeper would give me some food yeah um, so you know cooking was not a thing that had to happen but yeah. I felt like it was something that I needed to get so you very consciously made it your project yeah it wasn't definitely. like you just sort of thought oh today I'm going to cook because I've got nothing else to do you actually thought I'm going to learn this and I'm going to do it properly. I said I'm going to learn how to cook I'm okay. going to teach my house oh no I did not do it properly no okay. no no, no, oh, no, no, no. Fine. I didn't do yeah. anything properly okay I go at everything like a bull in a china shop going this is going to be fantastic <laughs> and then it's not um, so I, no 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 if I, it wasn't it wasn't like what's mm. that girl that girl that girl who did that French she started at the beginning of some cookbook and cooked everything until the oh, end oh that Julie and Julia Julie yeah, and Julia yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, yeah. no 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 no, no. Okay. Yeah. so I started by teaching myself how to make a pork pie which is probably the hardest thing it's the thing that makes them all cry in Bake Off it would never even occur to me to make a pork pie why like. would you I mean it's not something I'd eat buy but, one from you know. the shop yeah. you know yeah. mad mad I tried to make Turkish Delight what was I thinking? <laughs> really weird. Yeah. I didn't understand that you start with a, you know, with a white sauce. Yeah. You start with identifying different cuts of meat. Did you have a book you were following or just... No, I saw, I had from my little flat that I lived in when I was working the Evening Standard, I hmm. had bought myself Nigella Express. Okay. And I loved the photographs and I loved the fact that it all seemed really easy. Mm. So all the first things that I cooked were from Nigella Express. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought she'd invented ceviche. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I really thought like, you know, she, this is, she knows everything. Yeah. She is the queen of food. Um, and I started there and then I went to some sort of Jamie Oliver. And now I just kind of think, because re- also we were going to lots of restaurants as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. And I would eat things I've never, never eaten before. Mm. I just think... I wonder, I like that flavour. Maybe I mm. could do something with that flavour at home. Yeah. So it was completely mad and scattergun and random. And yeah. it was also some things that my mother used to cook for us when we were little, sort of lamb shank stew and stuff like that. So stews and blogging was still quite a new thing. It was still quite... When's this, 2008, nine? Yeah, 2008. Okay. Uh, blogging was still quite a new thing. Mm. but And it was mostly done by photographers it was mm. mostly done by people who could write but who could mainly take amazing photos yeah. and the food blogs that were around at that time were just just stunning i mean it was stunning visually i mean they are now as well yeah yeah but they were uh like miss miss marmite lover love kirsten mm. rogers she her she was a really really big food blog she used to, mm. she ran us up a club and it was right at the beginning of hipsterism. So it was right at the start yeah. of cocktails and jam jars and that kind yeah. of stuff. And she just took these beautiful photographs. And there was no way I could do any of that. Yeah. I'm just visually totally incompetent. But um, well, it's interesting that you made the connection immediately. So 
A, blogging was very new then. Mm. And B, there you are cooking away and yet your brain immediately runs to, what can I do with this? I was always, always used to writing something. Okay, so your life, whatever you're doing, you're, somewhere write, in your head, got to write something things are lighting about up. about it somewhere. Fine. And um, I, was, I had just come off The Independent and I was used to writing thousands of words a week mm. at The Independent. Mm. And mm. that was great and that suited me fine. Mm. But I needed to do something with it because I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't just not write about it. So I thought, right, I'll start a blog about right. about cooking, about food. Um, and I thought, obviously, being me, I went into it going, I am going to be the new Nigella of food blogs. Yeah. But I realised that I didn't have a camera. I couldn't take a photo, even if I did have a camera. And I, you know, it just it was it was just like it was like splot. You know, yeah. there it was. But what I can do is write about. A, a real experience. Okay. I started the blog in sort of uh, October and in January I deleted it because I okay. was like, this is embarrassing. What am I doing? It's a complete waste of time. And then I got a message on Twitter which was still very little there mm. as well. Someone saying, have you deleted your blog? I really, really enjoyed it. I would, what's happened? I'm yeah. Like, Can you bring it back? And I thought, my God, if one person yeah. is reading it and enjoying it, that's enough for me. Yeah. And so I reinstated it and then, and just then went hard on the kind of hopeless cook right which was broadly true yeah the kind of hopeless cook angle uh and put more and liberty london girl who was a very early reader as well sasha she's terribly nice and always been hugely supportive she got in touch and said you really need more photos you just got it doesn't matter how bad they are you've got to put photos on there and i went okay i will this is before iphones by the way mm-hmm. it was so it was really hard yeah, yeah, yeah. to take a photo and upload it it really took ages yeah and um Yes, yeah, so I did. I put a photo with everything and wrote, and it, it suddenly became really successful. It suddenly became a thing. So when you say really successful, yeah, I know it's qualified. Yes, what, what do I mean? By yeah, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Because the internet being so new. I mean, even now, when you say to someone, "I have a blog," they go, "How do you make money from that?" Yeah, exactly. Like, like, people, it's like it's like you saying, "Yes, I'm a serial killer." You know, yeah, people, are like, really? people are very surprised by it. Yeah. So in those early days, lots of people are reading it. You mm. know that because they're feeding back. Yeah, lots of comments. Lots of comments, Lots okay. and lots and lots of comments. And that was the primary honest. thing for you. And were you yeah. doing anything with sponsored stuff, or were you just not... No, nope, I didn't. I had to through to Lakeland. Well. Okay. And the, the deal with Lakeland was, we will pay you mm. when your earnings reach over £50. Yeah, and click-throughs are awful. And like, that was... You that was nothing. That was 20 years... That was, no, not 20 years. That was 11 years ago, yeah, and I've still yeah. not had a payment from Lakeland. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> so click-throughs don't work. <laughs> no. No, I viewed it as a showcase mm-hmm. for my writing, and then I would get commissions. Fine. And I did. I got I got lots of commissions from people. Okay. My little friends started becoming more important. They would commission me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And I had, you know, for quite a long time quite a you know reasonably sort of healthy freelancing career you are doing your blog it's successful yeah at what point do you have children at what point does the spike become a thing yeah so children so so recipe rifle started as a cookery only thing and Mm -hmm. then i had children and then it went crazy then it became really you know big yeah um and uh i wrote about and you know i didn't know anything about having kids again pre-instagram none Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. um i wrote about uh, so i got pregnant with kitty uh, we got married in 2010 Mm -hmm. and i got pregnant with kitty immediately bit embarrassing Mm -hmm. and then had kitty in 2011 okay and i 
Could that not... is really quick. I know. I mean, wow. <laughs> uh, disgusting. But uh, Giles oh, is 11 years older than me, so he really, really, really wanted fine. to get on with it. And okay. he loves babies and okay. just really wants to have children. Mm-hmm. So I went, okay, might as well just get over and done with mm-hmm. And um, I just couldn't believe what I was expected to do mm-hmm. with this child. I was mm-hmm. like, are you, are you kidding me? So uh, uh, what? And again, because... I, I just had to ah, write about it, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was one of the first people, really, to be writing about the kind of the nightmare of having children mm-hmm. in a kind of jovial but realistic way. Mm-hmm. And there was no, but then she smiled and everything was okay. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 But it was all worth it in the end. I was like, this is a nightmare, yeah. you know, and... Yeah. People really love that mm-hmm. because it is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you love your children goes without saying. And the fact that she smiled and it was okay in the end goes without saying. Yeah. You know, people don't need help loving their children or having a good time with their children. Yeah. People need help when they're sitting there thinking, I can't do this anymore. Waking yeah. up every morning and going, I hate my life. I can't do this. This is a nightmare. Yeah. So I really, I went for that. And I went for also cooking for children, cooking for a family, cooking when you just can't be asked. Yeah. All of that, children being ill. And were you, were you active, were you cooking all your meals? I mean, were you quite good at, I was yes I've always always made made room to cook stuff okay and where did um the way you look fit into this I mean I know about your weight but were you bothering with makeup (laughs) no 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 no, I didn't I I made an effort to put some eyeliner on okay yeah eyeliner's always been I can't imagine you without eyeliner no 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 no, no, it's a real shock I don't (laughs) um I was incredibly overweight I uh, nothing fit I didn't I didn't really care. I didn't okay. care. I was like, oh god. I mean, I don't. I quite often just slop about the house, yeah. wearing horrid clothes. You yeah, that comes quite naturally to me. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I see that you know now where we live. We live in Kentish Town, and there are women, the babies that they look fantastic. Yeah, you know, they just had babies, and they look all sort of smart and kind. But I think Instagram and Pinterest has made it easier to get dressed. Ish, but I, I, I live in Queen's Park where there are a lot of very yummy mummies. Yeah. And they like literally walk around wearing like white jeans with a white shirt tucked in and mm. they're like, you know, like eight stone and yeah. they have their baby who looks like two weeks old. Yeah. I don't understand I don't it because understand I can't that. look like that as a, you know, no. childless person. Yeah, so I don't yeah, understand yeah. how they do that. It's they just have to, up. do you know what? They just have to, you just have to want to. Yeah. And I didn't want to, you know. When you say you have swap around in clothes. Yeah. Um, so I obviously you write a lot about fashion now. Do you have someone, um, Kylie, who came on the podcast, said oh, that she God has, heaven. yeah, but she says she has a between uh, dressing mode where it's not bed clothes and yeah. it's not the stuff she'd wear at the house, but there's like a kind yes. of middle zone of tracksuit t-shirt. Do you oh, do yeah. that too? Oh yes, because you're wearing like jeans at the top today that I would very happily wear anywhere. Yes, like this is not your slopping around clothes. Presumably. No, okay, fine. Heavens, you no. are dressed properly. No, today. I'm dressed Thank for God. visitors. Okay, just receive a visitor. Yes. 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 Uh, if I'm not really going to see anyone or if I'm just going to go up the road for groceries mm. and if uh, quite often and if I'm just sort of feeling you know dis- disappointed yeah. with the world it's quite often a uh, uh, I, I mean nothing I'm ashamed of do you right. know what I mean I think that you know a lot of uh, a lot of between dressing mm. as Kylie would say is perfectly acceptable as long as everything is relatively new and clean yes you know, sort of a newish pair of tracksuit bottoms yeah a clean t-shirt yeah you know maybe a little necklace a smart yeah. denim jacket a clean pair of trainers and actually there's quite a lot of places you could go dressed like that but you're still comfy and it's still fine do you know who says um marie kondo says that yeah. as long as you feel that the stuff that you are wearing something that has 
integrity to your, you know like it's mm. a good proper clean mm. you don't have stains on it you don't feel it's revolting mm. then you can wear whatever you want but mm. she said all your comfy clothes should be stuff that you're proud of yeah. in some way because yeah, it shouldn't yeah. be revolting mm. and actually I really took that on board and started doing mm. that and I feel much better when I'm sitting there yeah. writing at my laptop and no one's looking at me at least if I'm wearing like nice clean tracksuit bottoms and a nice kind of t-shirt I feel better about life it really well, I just I, 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 I love the way that uh, the clothing industry and fashion and style is is going, and mm. the fact that you can meet a woman who is clearly really majorly important mm-hmm. in any possible sphere, and yeah. she's probably wearing a pair of flat shoes. Yeah, and she's probably wearing. She might be wearing a pair of you know really maybe like me and M, really expensive, but a pair of track trousers. Yeah, and a shirt, and her hair maybe sort of tied up, and you just think. This just would not have been acceptable 15 or 20 years ago. Do you know ago. what? Uh, two nights ago I was watching Remy and Michelle's High School Reunion. You were. Um, I, I saw. Was, I, saw it that. I hadn't watched for years. But yeah. when they pretend to be executives and they wear those wit- like those suits, I mean, it was very much like, I'd love to do that for a day. You know, that 90s kind of power suit yeah. with stilettos, with yeah. hair up in a bun. And I, and I thought, I've never met a businesswoman who looks like that. I meet businesswomen who wear trainers. And, yeah. you know... And just and even I know that the magazine writing industry is a bit more relaxed. But even I used to work in the city, and even then it was a lot more relaxed. You know, it's, it's yeah. a very yeah, it's a very interesting time for fashion. It is. It's a very it's, it's a very interesting time for for women in fashion. Definitely. Yeah. Now, is that what brought you mm. recipe ri- rifle to the spike? Well, <laughs> recipe rifle was unsustainable because there was so much. Um, there was a huge amount of physical effort that went into it. Mm-hmm. Actually, cooking new things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd got to the end of the things that I was interested in cooking. I could cook a vast amount of things. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, that was kind of the end of it for me. And, uh, you know, people liked it because there was so much pain in there. There was mm-hmm. so much pain about having children, despair, you know, lots of, you know, descriptions of daily life with kids. And first of all, I felt like it actually, it wasn't fair to write about my children anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it got to the point where they did not choose to be the children of two writers. Mm-hmm. And I just thought this is this enough now. I think they 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 deserve their privacy. Okay. You know, it sounds a bit kind of uptight, but I did feel like that. I thought mm, this is wrong. Okay, you know? so I stopped writing. I wanted to stop writing about them. I wanted to stop writing about food, mm-hmm. and also, you know, uh, like I said before, I mean, there's a lot of ugliness when in 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 bringing up very small children. I mean, mm-hmm. you really you were face down in the brown for a long time, and I just wanted to look think about and look at beautiful things for a change i wanted to just write about perfume or you know a lovely day out at a park or something Mm -hmm. without betraying the original message right rifle Mm -hmm. i also love um just abandoning something i like and people go why 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 it's so why 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 leave recipe you worked through that and i'm like no right tear it all down and start again i love doing okay fine i love it i love just going no throw it all away and start again is it because you like new beginnings or do you just kind of like basically that's like a clean slate i don't i I love a clean slate i'm Mm. not scared of a clean slate at all Mm -hmm. i'm just like right start again right zero or set it back to zero start again I think you should never be afraid of doing that. It's like when you've written 500 words and you go, no, this is all wrong, just delete everything and start again. It's taken me years to feel comfortable deleting stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. Really hard. Yeah. But the thing is that what you should always think when you're writing is that no piece of writing is a waste of time. Yeah. Because even if you delete it, 
it informs what you next write. Yeah, true. even if you're not actually just copying it out, yeah. you go that that was good, but I could do it differently. Rebecca once said to me one of the best bits of advice she had about writing was write your stuff and then delete the first paragraph because it's oh, yeah, literally always. some bullshit. You yeah, don't yeah, need. yeah, throat clearing, <laughs> yeah. throat clearing, get rid yeah. of it. It's meaningless, and it's yeah. just and then because you start getting the good oh, about yeah. three quarters of the way through, hala, now I'm flying. Yeah, and then you run out of words. Yeah, so you've got to get rid of the first third. Yeah, always, yeah, yeah. always, always. always. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so I so I started the spike and I lost a lot of readers because mm. they were there. They were there for the pain. They were there for there was blood on the floor every day at mm-hmm. Rescue Wife, and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, my marriage is shit and my children are awful. And that's no, and that's what they were there for, and that's fine. They have they didn't come across the spike, but I got lots of new people, mm-hmm. and I much preferred it. It was much easier. And in terms of just blogging in general how did your the people you knew at magazine uh, newspapers the people you knew in I want to say proper journalism but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, how did they receive you going into blogs was there any snobbery no or? well not to my face probably okay. behind my back I mean they okay. probably just sort of assumed that I couldn't get work which right. was you know I was getting work but yeah. not enough to fill the entire day yeah. Um, yeah and also as but the thing is as time went on mm. and much and more recently um the things that like, newspapers and magazines expect you to do, mm-hmm. the, the things they want you to write about, what they t- expect in terms of photo shoots, yeah. hour dedication, for the money that they've got, e- e- I don't know who's doing yeah. it. I just don't understand. And then suddenly um, a thing called affiliate links came out, yeah. wh- which meant that um, you could write about, which, so that that's a, I'm sure they'll know, but it's like a fence between... Yeah brand and blogger Mm -hmm. so they kind of broker a deal between your blog and the brand so that you get a percentage of somebody's basket if they click through to them yeah Uh, and there are two main companies that do it awin and reward style and once i was signed up with both of them you can write about whatever product you fancy uh you don't have to be you don't have to only write about kind of habitat and asos you can Mm -hmm. write about whatever you like Mm -hmm. uh, and you will get a commission if someone Mm-hmm. clicks through and that made a massive difference mm-hmm. because um my readers the readers of the spike are uh, uh trust me which they should do because i tell them the truth uh and they're incredibly loyal uh and they have a vast disposable income as it as it turns out mm-hmm. and so the the money coming in through affiliate links was uh, easy it was honest and it was way over and above what i would be earning from commissions when did you start spike Four years ago. Okay, and was it instantly successful? Or um, were you... Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um, it got. It was up and running much quicker than. than right. Okay. Yeah. So you already had an audience who was sort of yes, new. Yes, already had an audience. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and so you you're at the stage now where you're doing both magazine work, yeah. like magazine newspaper, yeah. blog, and you're kind of building yourself as a brand. Is well, I mean... Again, sorry, yes, of course you're right. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I know, I know yeah. it's so cringy, but yeah. I know, but, but that is what's happening. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the way it goes now. And do yeah, you kind of... Do you see that going on for a while? Like, how? what's your plan for the next I do, do you know what? I don't, I don't really have a plan. I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to... It's so hard to say, see or say, but I do know that you don't... You, you know, when I was younger especially when I was at school, mm. being seen to try mm-hmm. was not a thing that you ever did. You had to just be... Yeah, yeah. You just had to be... 
miraculously successful yeah. in some way and it looked like you hadn't lifted a finger. Yes. Yeah. Mostly in my sort of area, it was getting a book deal mm-hmm. or writing a book and mm-hmm. the book being an instant success. Mm-hmm. And obviously writing a book is like, uh, writing a book makes having children look like a walk in the park. I mean, writing a book is really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Getting The publishing industry, oh my God, what I've seen of it, total nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I would never write a book that was successful anyway. So there's no way I was going to do that. Um, but... Now, what with um, you know millennials, mm-hmm. uh, trying is no longer embarrassing. Yeah, trying is not embarrassing. That's one of the biggest shifts, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's so amazing. Different. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. The, the the thing is that you can put yourself out there, and people basically don't shoot you down. Yeah. A bit uh, like Victoria just, Beckham, though. If you look at her, I mean, yes. twenty years ago, would it, she'd have been considered to be a total embarrassment. But now people are like, what a grafter! How what a grafter! Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What a grafter! She's really trying. Yeah. And that, and actually, and I saw, I saw the front page of a magazine a couple of weeks ago mm. um, that said that it was a, a napkin and a pen, and mm. it said, "This is all you need to start a business." Yeah. And I suddenly thought, oh my God, yes, right, 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 I've got to do something about this. So that inspired me to hire a web designer to turn my blog into a website. I've got a note here about insecurities. I yeah. know I mentioned that before, but you did say in a blog post, which I obviously, I love the spike and read it. So all, all your little words are somewhere in the back of my head. <laughs> oh, all your little words. God, that sounded patronizing. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, all your right. words are there. I could do um, <laughs> All those tiny words. No, um, but you did say at one point that, um, I think it was about dressing and you said, you know, when I first got jazzy, I had lots of fancy friends mm. and I hadn't been used to that. Da, no. da, da, da. Um, was that, did that genuinely make you feel slightly insecure? Did you think, oh God, actually I've got to step up here yeah, and buy yeah. oh my God. Melissa Odebash? You know, definitely, like, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, as I said before, you know, I walk around and I've always walked around going, but I'm the best. Yeah. But I'm the best and my clothes are fantastic. Yeah. And, and people say, oh wow, that's so great. It's not because you come up against other people who are just doing better than you and you just, and it, if you're naturally a bit more kind of timid, you think, oh, of course, of course, of yeah. course, that's the way it should be. If you're like me, you'd go, what and it's a real um it's a real kind of slap in the face yeah. you know because you go but, I, but, 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 but hang on a second i'm the best yeah and then you're so sort of so obviously not the best anyway they're all of giles's friends so giles is 11 years older than me so most of his friends and his friends wives are much older than me which actually mm-hmm. is amazing because they are so accomplished um they're so lovely because mm-hmm. then to, to, they've always been so lovely to me because mm-hmm. i'm not we're not in competition. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not like, you know, her, how old are her children? What's she doing with her kids? Yeah, yeah. They just looked at me kind of benevolently and just like, oh, well, you know, we all find our way in the end kind of thing. And they yeah. were so sweet. And they're all incredibly like accomplished, um, very successful in their own right. One of yeah. my uh, husband's friends is a guy called Johnny Hornby. He's married to Claire Hornby, who is the CEO of Me and M Clothes, which is now huge. Mm-hmm. When we met, it was kind of, it's smaller, but still successful. Yeah. And now it's sort of massive. Yeah. Another one of uh, my husband's friends, his wife's called Anna Bateson, who is just like, literally, like, I crawl, I just go, where did you get that? How mm. do you do your life? Mm. Tell me your secrets, you know. And she always looks amazing, beautiful clothes. She's really, she's really good with numbers. Mm. She works, she's always had these massive jobs at telly companies, but she's also still really nice. Yeah. And reads books and is yeah. interesting and she's just, she's just amazing. So these amazing women, with, and mm. they would go on holiday with them and they would cut, they would, we would, Giles would like, right, we're packing in one suitcase, one suitcase only. And I'm like, yeah. he feels like it's a competition who could bring the less luggage. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why? Anyway. Yeah. So I'll go, okay, fine. And I turn up on holiday with like two dresses. 
and these amazing women, they would come down to breakfast in their just a, and, and like Anna would be wearing this amazing sort of nightgown, and, and it would be the most beautiful fabric I've ever seen, like hand block print. I would go, oh my god, where did you get that? <laughs> and she would say, oh, this is from the cross, or something. And she didn't say it like that, she would just go, oh, it's from the cross. Yeah. Because she's not a dick. She's been, oh yeah, it's, it's from the cross. I was like, the cross, what's the cross? What the hell is the cross? Yeah. I'm looking up the cross. And I would look up this nightgown and it would be sort of 400 pounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. An amount of money I couldn't conceive of spending on anything. Mm. Maybe an appliance. Yeah. But certainly not a dress. And they, and I just thought, my God, I've got to sort myself out. I've really got to sort I am mm. not the best. I'm mm. not Elizabeth Taylor. I, this requires work. Yeah. And it was then, I was about maybe, I don't know, 30, I realised that looking nice for other people Mm -hmm. is polite. Mm -hmm. That's why you should do it. If you're not naturally motivated to look pulled together, it is polite to look nice and Mm -hmm. to put your jewellery on and to wear clean clothes and say hello. It's nice to look at other people looking nice. And also it's work. Mm -hmm. It's hard work. It's like Mm -hmm. doing your house. It's like bringing up your children to say please and thank you. It doesn't happen by itself. Mm -hmm. If you want to have nice clothes to wear, you have to look for them. Yeah. And they can't all come from Henny's. <laughs> H&M, sorry. Nobody yeah. calls it Henny's anymore. They can't all come from H&M. Some of them can come from H&M, not all of them. Yeah. So that was the point that I thought, oh my God, I've just got to throw all my clothes away and start again. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote about that. But it's interesting <clears throat> that, 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 again, yeah. you took to that, like, this is a challenge, rather yes. than, yes. rather than, oh. No, 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 yeah. no, it's all copy. Yeah. It's all copy. And also, I, I want to be the master of everything. Yeah, I want yeah, to be yeah. the best at everything. I want to... I don't want ever to feel on the back foot about anything. Okay. Because when you grow up with three sisters who, and in that combative environment, you ne- you always want to be like, right, I've got it sorted. Yeah. I've got it sorted out. Yeah. A big problem solver. I love a solution. Mm. So, so yeah, so the clothes thing, I really wanted to get on top of that mm. because I'd always had a nice figure and been young and slim and then suddenly you're overweight because you've had children mm-hmm. and you're not young anymore. Yeah, and your clothes have got to work a little bit. And you need to understand clothes. Yes. Um, Tell me about being two writers in a household. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Questions that immediately come to mind. One: um, Do you read each other's work or comment on it Mm. prior? I'm presuming you read it after at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but prior to it going to an editor. Yeah. um, Does criticism? So my husband sometimes reads my stuff. He's a good writer, but he isn't a writer. Um, but sometimes he reads my stuff and he goes, oh, I don't know about that. And I want to murder him. No, that's not a thing. So, so yeah. So tell me about that and that dynamic. Um, Giles, ne- I never let Giles read any of my stuff uh, until it's gone to print. Does he subscribe to your blog? Yes, he does, actually. <laughs> okay. Yes, he does. He doesn't like the spike as much as he likes he liked Recipe Rifle. Okay. Because, but, but people don't. He's not target audience, though, is he, really? Uh... No, no, no. But he uh, he thought that the the writing at recipe recipe was better. He thought the subjects were more interesting, and I said yes, but tough. Yeah. One more question for you before we go on to your final product. Yeah, and it's about being nice, right? Oh uh, yeah, being now, nice. Now it's funny you brought up being nice because I was actually talking about you the other day with someone and saying how kind you've been to me, right? Which is not something that you encounter a lot in this industry. It's a very cutthroat industry. Yeah. And one of the words that when I was sort of writing my notes on you, one of the sort of six words that came up was kind. Mm. So it's funny that you've gone, well, I wasn't kind. No. And then I had to learn. Would you say that is now, that's now become something that you are? Yeah. But, yes. And it's as important to you as all the other so stuff. So important. It's so, 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 so important to be mm. kind. It's a, so important. And, and it's really easy. Yeah. It's, and it's really easy to be kind, but not a massive pushover. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's easy to be all of those things. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, if one were to be a little bit sort of um, spiritual about it, it, it all comes back to you in the mm-hmm. end. It just does. I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be sitting there going, has this thing happened to me because I'm a bitch? Yeah. Because it's not... Who knows? Yeah. It might. So being kind, it also... Once you once you allow yourself mm-hmm. to just be really nice and be really kind and thoughtful, it's really easy and it's kind of a relief, you yeah. know, just to be like, of course, of course, how are you? You know, are you okay? Can I get you anything? You know, yeah. being kind and being nice is very disarming okay. as well. And I think you can be, kindness can also be slightly aggressive. Like, a, you know, a big, ferocious smile. Yes. You can't escape from that. Yeah. Like, uh, what's going on? You know, some Instagrammers, some kind of... There's been one or two kind of but slightly nervous Instagrammers who come across a bit, like, horrid. Yeah. But if you just go, I just love your stuff. It's so um, joyful. Mm-hmm. And I love that advert you did. It was really fun. Yeah. They go, oh, my God. Because, you, as you t- did say, it is really cutthroat. Mm-hmm. And actually, a way of getting around that, if you want to, is by being the big, magnanimous, lovely, kind person, yeah. as far as you can. Yeah. Not like I'm famous for being so nice, but I certainly... Mm. Um, what's the point in being mean to someone's mm-hmm. face? I mean, I would just assume, from my personal experience, they'll just go around going, oh, God, this is a bit of a bitch, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, and that's yeah. horrible. I, yeah. don't, I don't want that. No. Who wants that? Okay. Uh, products. Yeah. Final products. Oh. What are you using now? What are you loving now? So, f- because of you, mm. because you're so amazing, yeah. I, I really, you know, genuinely, honestly, I mean, only people with bad skin or with, with breakouts and spots mm. will understand what this means yeah. when somebody cures their skin for them. It's just like, it's amazing. So I had, I've always had, you know, breakouts and then you find a solution and then that stops working and then mm. you have to find another one. Mm. But my most recent one was like, the, my my jawline, honestly, it was like a hundred thousand sea monsters had woken that. up yeah. from a sleep and had just vomited on my face. It yeah. was awful. Mm. Giant pustules like I haven't had since I was a teenager. Mm. I was I really cry that easily these days, but I was very nearly on the verge of tears. I was looking, yeah. what am I gonna do? And I can't and I think you just kind of you contacted me unilaterally, I think, and yeah. said look, I really feel your pain about your skin. I think you should just stop using whatever you're using. Yeah. And I was using, like, vinegar on my face. Yeah, Literally, yeah, like, yeah, taking, yeah. like, a sand and go, 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 <laughs> go, you know, like, picking, ah. Yeah. Uh, you said stop using everything you're using and start using Exuviant. Yeah. And the, I don't know if it's Exuviant or what, but those vitamin yeah. serums, Alpha H vitamin serums, and um, you said use them like this, do that, use your SPF, clean your brushes, uh, and I'm not I, 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 because I've had a lot of I've, I've, I've taken um, antibiotics yeah. and used um, uh, progesterone cream for my skin in the past yeah. so I've always thought that it's an internal thing it's a hormone thing it's a thing I don't really believe that topical products can really change your skin yeah. and within 48 hours it was all clearing up really? yeah that's I, great yes I okay. feel, you're like God, that's great I didn't realize <laughs> that good. Yeah. but it really 
really was. It was something. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, I have a problem but, yeah. uh, with vitamin D. Maybe I, maybe it was a vitamin. I mean, I take my vitamins. It's but... hard to know though, isn't it, with skin? I think that's the thing that it's so much of it is internal. I mean, I get lots of spots. That definitely is internal. But using good topical skincare keeps it under control. Mm. So it's like my skin from the inside is still boshing. Yeah. But I'm kind of going, no, yeah, yeah. stop. Stop. <laughs> like, here. It's like a naughty dog. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't work as well as other times. Yeah. But I think you have to have that routine. Yes, down. definitely. And also, I was using, I mean, God knows what sort of crap I was using on my skin. I mean, I used to use um, that, uh, I won't name brand names, but you know that stuff that you use when you're a teenager and you kind of have the toners that are made of basically alcohol. Alcohol, yeah. And I swipe them over my skin yeah. maybe seven or eight times a day because yeah. they instantly felt like they were drying, yeah. not realizing that it was just sending my skin into this mad cycle. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's impossible. I, was, I mean, I wasn't using rubbish on my skin before, but it yeah. just wasn't, it just. Uh, but also, this is where I think, and, and God, like, I love magazines, I work for magazines, but this is where I think a shortcoming definitely is with magazines, where they'll say, this is the new trend, like, use this, Every, you know, everyone should be using hyaluronic, everyone should be yeah. using etc. And actually, it's better to treat your skin as if you were treating an illness mm. than it is to treat it to this general, you could be better, you yeah, could yeah, be better, yeah, which, yeah. you know, most people are battling something, so yeah, yeah. go in with that first, and yeah, then exactly. go to general beauty it's also there is just so much there's so much available you know mm. there's so much yeah. stuff out there you know and even like something like the ordinary mm. which is everyone raves about i put a thing on on my on my website mm. my blog, uh, about the ordinary and uh, people are still baffled by it yeah. yeah people still send me emails going i really still don't understand the ordinary and i'm yeah. like neither do i yeah, yeah, yeah so it is and um, it is just baffling and actually going to a really good facialist not just like um would you like the lavender or the sandalwood yeah, 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 you know yeah, going yeah. to oh, a God. really good facialist yeah who are hard to find yeah and hard to get an appointment with yeah is what you need if you've got tricky skin and if if you hadn't if you hadn't suggested those mm. magic creams to mm. me that, that is what eventually i would have done yeah, yeah yeah but you know people just people feel like some a lot of people feel like it's vanity to to mm. to you know to really sort of fret about your skin which it isn't because if you if your skin is is okay everything else is fine you know everything else is you can everything else is manageable <laughs> or is that ridiculous no that I think it's true if that is a ridiculous amount of like weight no, it just means I haven't got any problems no hundreds of makeup artists say that the thing mm. that they spend most of their time on is prepping skin and yeah. then it's just a case of do we add a bit of eyeliner yeah you know, it's more, more like eyeliner? yeah it's like if your skin looks juicy and perfect exactly. what's left to do I know a bit of, yeah but tell me which eyeliner you're wearing and then I'll let you go I know <laughs> I, wear, I wear Bobby Brown long wear oh do you yes cool. I, I wear I, I mean I wear just whatever's to hand but the one I seek out the yeah, one I yeah, rummage yeah. for first is my Bobby Brown and it goes wear. on your waterline lower waterline yes waterline and then all around yeah. and then apply it again and then a bit more you keep going like, yeah I, I'll, I'll read it I'm a bit worried because it's falling off now I'm gonna go run down the no, it's fair, it's fair. I reapply at lunchtime yeah. mascara I, ne- I didn't use wear I didn't wear mascara when my children were little because I couldn't bother to yeah, take yeah, it yeah, off yeah. at night but you still got an eyeliner uh, yes I did yes I used to, I used eyeliner no mascara for a long time is it always black weird. my mascara yeah no eyeliner eyeliner uh, no, th- this is brown. This ah, is all brown now. Okay. But I do use black. I don't care. Yeah. Just as long as just just loads. Just, I don't know. Just right. loads of it. <laughs> um, thank you so much for thank all you. your time. So that was Esther Corrin. I absolutely loved sitting and chatting with Esther. I think the thing that I love the most about Esther is that she's so authentically herself. She's not being nice or saying things just for the sake of it. She is completely and utterly at ease 
with herself and it's really really lovely and really refreshing so i do hope you enjoyed that episode i also hope that you will go and read and subscribe to the spike it really is a cracking website thank you so much for listening i will be back next week with a brand new guest so see you then bye hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.